Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Bran, one of the hosts of the show, and along with me is my wife, Marcy. Today's topic is transitions. Humans are creatures of habit. Even when we welcome it, change takes more energy. So maybe it's not surprising that children often find it difficult to make transitions between activities, places, and objects of attention. Being asked to stop one thing and start another is a very common trigger for problem behavior, especially for kids who have emotional or developmental challenges. And that was taken from childmind.org. In first grade, our son had a really hard time with transitions. In school, they would change classrooms for math, and he would walk down the hallway, tearing off posters off the walls, kicking chairs or whatever else was in the hallway, and throwing desks around. He also used to run to the next classroom and lock the teacher out of our own room. We found that this behavior was due to the transition of moving classrooms. He has a tough time with transitions. Changes in schedules also throw him off. Because he has autism, he needs to visually see its schedule for the day, and the teacher needs to announce it several times when making a change. Once he was told a few times about the change, he seemed to cooperate better and made the transition smoother. We've warned his teachers about transitions and tried to let them know to warn him of changes beforehand. We have come a long way since our son was in first grade. He's now in fifth grade, but I can look back on those times and remember the difficulty he had back then. Everyone experiences change a little differently. Adults can still have difficult with change in routine. It can cause stress for some people and anxiety for others. Even as an adult, I still struggle with change. I can have meltdowns where I can get angry or upset because of something changing in my schedule. If I know about the change beforehand, and I'm prepared, it makes uh, the transition a lot easier for me. Sorry, I can't think of any stories off the top of my head to share with you at this time, but I do like to share a song with you that I wrote. I don't remember what episode it was, but I do remember in one of our episodes that I told you maybe one time I would share a song with you, so I'm going to do that now. I was going to share it last week, but it just wasn't ready. All the songs I write are stories of my life, and this is one of those stories, and it happens to be about addiction. This song was featured in a songwriter showcase at the college that I went to. I want to thank Patrick for helping me with some of the instruments on the recording of this song. After the song, we'll go straight into the interview. If you're not a fan of rock music, it won't hurt my feelings if you fast forward through the song and go straight into the interview. The song is called Life After Death. Darkness, surrounded 
She goes by Kate. So, Kate, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, well, I'm Kate. I'm 17, and I'm currently living in Utah, but I am originally from Seattle. Oh, cool. So, how old were you when you were diagnosed with autism? Um, I was, uh, 16. Okay. Um, yeah. I went to a testing program in Salt Lake. And the day, or like a day or two before they sent me somewhere else, they were just like, yeah, so here are the results. You're autistic. <laughs> that was kind of hard. Um, I, the only people I'd been around with autism were like a bit lower functioning. And then like I'd seen Rain Man and stuff. So I didn't like, I, I compared myself to that then because that's pretty much all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but once, like, they started telling me more about it, um, things really clicked a lot. It, it's made my life a lot clearer. Um, I can look back at a lot of things that happened in my childhood or just times with, like, friends where something happened and things kind of make sense a bit more. So. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you what made you decide to get diagnosed, but sounds like you were seeing some symptoms already. Um, well, I actually didn't choose to be diagnosed. I was sent to the program there. Oh, okay. Salt Lake. Huh. Yeah. So what... So I... Sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, I think my mom chose to send me because she could see a lot of, you know, problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of was oblivious to things. I didn't, um... Yeah, I didn't really notice oh, okay. what was going on in my life. Okay. It wasn't until after. Huh. So what was life like before the diagnosis? Um, well, before I was mentally at all, I'd have problems at school sometimes. 
times. I remember one specifically where I was talking to someone in art class and I said something and it just seemed perfectly normal to me. And, uh, but the girl replied like, wow, that was so rude. And I just, I didn't understand why at all. Um, cause I was being really literal with it. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, things like that happened a bunch. Um, and that's like a bit of the social skills part which is hard um i struggle a lot with my family um i've had a lot of problems with anxiety which i think is common with people with autism but i don't know if like i don't think it's um like generalized anxiety disorder i don't think that is um part of it but i know it's common and um i'd have problems with that and getting overwhelmed at school, um, not really making good connections with friends and things. By the time I actually left, I hadn't been to school or anything in six weeks. Oh, wow. So, huh. yeah. I just refused to go. I couldn't handle the work, the social scene. I just switched schools because I thought that would fix things, but it just made it harder because I had no friends and I was not, like, really able to make friends school so how did you feel when you found out you were autistic um I was pretty upset um I didn't like uh I felt like I was like kind of put in the box I guess of what I knew about autism Mm -hmm. um which I didn't feel like I fit in with the other people who were autistic that were at the program were generally the most, like, disliked people, and so that is just, like, being categorized in that, um, was not fun, but, like, I actually found out later that other, there was another person there that was also, like, autistic, and, uh, there were, like, a few other people that just were, it wasn't as noticeable, but they were, Uh, so that is better now knowing that, but. Yeah, I guess just in the first moment it was being categorized in that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing to do? Um, I, I don't know. I like playing board games a lot with my family. We do that very much, very competitively with, like, really strategic board games. Mm-hmm. Um. I like baking and things like that, cooking. Um, cool. I, I do martial arts, and I really like that. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, he's autistic. He's 10, and he he plays uh, board games a lot. So we can relate to the board game. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite subject in school? my school is really different so it's um I I don't know in especially in the past I've liked math a lot mm-hmm. um, that's something I've been good at too yeah uh, I think there's probably something to that about it being like language arts can get hard I sometimes have trouble finding the 
meanings in books and understanding like layers to metaphors and things um because i'll i do take things more literally Mm -hmm. um so that's made language arts really hard for me um but that's something i think that is good for math is that it's like really concrete and there's like one way to solve it and you just do it you know Mm -hmm. and it makes sense too (laughs) yeah yeah like go back and find the exact spot where you messed up and it's just yeah it's an easy fix yeah um so before uh we we chatted here um you told me that you were living in a residential treatment center and so what's it like living at a center i know you can't um name names and that kind of thing but what's it kind of give me a typical day i guess um well typical day wake up at like seven get up have like a little over an hour to get ready go to school um until like one have lunch then we have usually like group therapy and then um rec therapy so like um recreation therapy is often like uh everyone has to go through this rope maze like all staying connected the whole time you know something like that um, and then you like process at the end um, and like talk about how it relates to your life and um, then we'll like have dinner um, usually well we sometimes have like have classes in the evening um, and then we do like reflection so that's we like all say gratefuls and things and um, then we like go to bed so that's the typical day um, what it's like, I guess, is it's it's very different from regular society, at least, um, because everyone's so open and there's such a huge emphasis on sharing. Um, you can say so much that's just on your mind in a way that you can't um, in regular society. We joke a ton about autism because so many of us are autistic or um like have issues that are like similar to autism Mm -hmm. so um we like joke that autism is caused by vaccines which it is not right um and there's just yeah a lot of jokes around that that we can make that we can't um outside and it's you get really close to people too like, you make such deep connections, like, sharing everything about your life and having people that can really relate and understand all the things you've gone through, understand the confusion, understand, like, just not under- not knowing what's going on around you, not understanding why things happen, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get really close to people through that. Yeah, that's really cool. It, it's like you kind of create a family amongst your friends. Yeah, I don't think of them as friends. The other girls there, they're my sisters. They're not friends. Oh, cool. They're way more than that. So are there boys and girls at the treatment center? Um, there are separate schools for that. Oh, okay. Um, So where I'm at the girls' school, so it's, yeah, there's no guys there. Okay. And do you get schooling and treatment at the place where you live? Yeah, so the first bit of the day... 
like from eight fifteen to like one, that's school. And then um, after lunch and things till like five is uh, group therapy and rec therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so and even school itself has a lot more accommodations. They really work with you. Like classes are like five people in a class, so teachers um, can do various levels within the same class. So someone can be at a freshman level and another person at a senior and all be being taught together. Um, you can, the, the teachers will work with you a lot if you uh, are better at presenting things with like, just like bullet points versus paragraphs. Like they'll work with you on um, making things geared towards the way you learn um, and work better. So oh, that's cool. It's not just like straight up school, you know, like the regular world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what kind of accomplishments or progress have you made since you've been there? Um, I've made a lot on social skills. Um, I remember a time early, very early in my stay where I told one of the staff there that, oh, your hair looks flat um, because they had straightened it. And so, um, it was, like, physically, like, flatter, right? Right. Um, but you can't say that to someone because it's, like, offensive or something. I see. Yeah. You have to say, like, oh, I like how you straightened your hair or your hair looks really nice today. Um, you know, you have to say something like that. So, social skills are a big one. Um, anxiety. My anxiety disorder is currently classified as, like, in remission, so oh, it's cool. not, like, a thing. Um, I've struggled a lot with my family, and that's, like, a million times better. Um, like, I don't know, it's just, like, growing up with my family, I felt like an outsider a lot, and um, we didn't know how to none of us really knew how to handle situations very well like we have huge huge fights and um i would just feel so terrible after them mm -hmm. i would like withdraw from my family and like before in those six weeks i was at home and like not going to school before i was sent to the place to be tested um i would try to avoid my family at all costs like I went nocturnal like I was awake at night and sleeping during the day trying to get away from them um, mm -hmm. and whenever I was around them it would just blow up and be huge huge fights um, oh, wow. and that was just so hard like my family is such a great thing for me now I love being with them I love seeing them you know, spending time playing games, just hanging out, you know, whatever. And I didn't have anything close to that before. So that is a huge thing of progress that I've made at my school. Mm -hmm. And just, so, uh, like, self-worth, too. Um, I, I feel better with friends. I have struggled in the past with feeling like I'm not worth getting to know at all, not worth having people be my friend um, and so that's a big one um, I don't know like 
just it's a lot of things have changed for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. It's I'm I, I'm just it completely changed my life. Yeah, that's great. Um, do you want to go to college? I do. Um, I want to major in political science and minor in philosophy. Oh wow. Um, because I want to go into civil rights law, mm -hmm. so those ones are supposed to be good for that. Wow. Um, yeah. That should be really great aspirations, I think. Yeah, I, I think it'll be good for me. I've mm -hmm. always been pretty good at debate stuff, so law mm -hmm. um, seems in interesting to me, and um, it's something I'd just enjoy doing and I want to do something that gives back a lot so civil rights law and then also potentially becoming a judge because then I'd be able to really influence uh, things that go on in the world and try to help yeah um, do you have any other advice for autistic teens um Um, sure. Yeah, whichever. Um, I don't know, like, definitely work with your therapist, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think a lot of people do have therapists, and I used to not work with mine at all, so I didn't get any help with that. And then I know awareness of my issues, and I think a lot of just knowing that you do have things to work on and acknowledging your struggles creates, like, so much opportunity to do better. Um, being open to, being open to learning more, um, that's a huge one. Um acceptance you know accepting your issues as just you know another thing to overcome you know it that's a big one um and i think a lot of stuff you don't even have to be autistic to have it just if you have you know struggles in general like acknowledging and um, being willing all those things um right yeah i i think um figuring out who your supports are and using those a lot because um, it's so important to have people in your life that you can turn to when you're upset, when you're having a hard time, when you're happy you know, just to share stuff and not, and be a part of something that's really important um, so like having people in your life um doing you know, like joining activities definitely that's a great way to like meet people and get closer to people um and like you know so like clubs and after school things all that that's a huge one for me like when I do go home that's going to be something to really focus on for me is um like setting up a bunch of clubs and um stuff where like work with people a lot um mm -hmm. uh 
to keep an open mindset to things because there's a big tendency on um, rigidness um, mm-hmm. around autism. And I've dealt a lot with that. That's one of the hardest ones, I think, because it's so hard to tell yourself when you're being rigid. It's like it really hard to see that. So that's something, too, where it's helpful to have people that can, um, you know, help guide you and, like, you know, pull you aside and, like, talk to you and, like, you know, give you feedback on when you are being rigid um, and then being open to that. That, I think, is really big. Um, A lot of things about getting feedback because that's really helpful for awareness. Sometimes it's just hard to see things within yourself that other people can see really clearly. Um, so being open to that uh, and asking for it too, that mm-hmm. really helps, I think. Wow, that's great advice. Um, do you have anything else you'd, you'd like to say uh, before we close? Um, maybe just that treatment it's not all just a bunch of crazy people I don't think um because when I was like younger and everything and I thought about people in like treatment centers I always like had this image in my mind um that I think is probably a pretty common one of like a bunch of you know like you know crazy crazy people you know locked up somewhere kind of thing yeah or in a place, I guess, kind of like the Rain Man movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Um, but, and that's probably the case for some places, but at least where I am, it's nothing like that. Like, people seem pretty normal, and they blend in a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not just, like, some, you know, place that people are just stuck, like, we go out, we do things, we're in the normal world a lot of the time, like, we do extracurriculars, and, you know, go off campus very, very frequently, um, and, you know, do those kind of things, and people meeting us don't usually, they don't know that we're there, you know, that we're in a treatment center, because, you know, you're not supposed to go out and say, hey, everyone, you know, I'm in treatment, you can't do that, so, right. just, it's not, I don't know, just, treatment isn't, like, probably what you think it is, it's, like, you just live somewhere where people help you, and guide you, and give you feedback, and you develop, like, you get another family. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like, the staff there, too, like, they are also family to me. Mm -hmm. They're some of my closest friends and people I can talk to and rely on. And, um, like, some of them I think of as kind of, like, you know, other parents. And then some of them are, like, also the kind of, like, sister thing. Mm -hmm. They're pretty young. They're really young there. So That's cool. Um, Yeah, like, some of them are closer in age to me than some of the actual students. Uh Uh-huh at the school but yeah just treatment probably isn't what you think it is yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show yeah I I really like what you're doing about talking about autism you know 
yeah, trying to make more people aware of it and, and accepting of autism. So, yeah, yeah, we just like to showcase people and, and their successes and their accomplishments and that kind of thing. So, yeah, and you're I really think that's a really great thing to be doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. At this time, we'd like to give a shout-out to Ed and Becca for their love and support of the show. If you'd like to be on the show, please message us on our social media. We'd love to have you. Or you can send us an email at thispodcastasautism at outlook.com. Next week, we will hear from Bill Wong, an occupational therapist he will discuss his experiences with autism well that's it for this episode until next time